wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on today's episode, Sean Lucktel with Heartland Bowhunter. Heartland Bowhunter was founded in 2007. We were just buddies that grew up hunting together, went to middle school together, high school together. We ended up going to college together, and at the end of high school, we just started filming our hunts for fun, just because it was fun to look back at, just see it all play out on video. I went on a moose hunt in BC, and I say we drove like four or five hours from the Yukon into BC, and then we took a plane, horsebacked in a couple miles to another base camp, and then from there, what took horses five, seven miles in. It was like a 10-day backpack hunt. Man, the experience itself was just unbelievable. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And on today's episode, I'm excited to have Sean Lucktel with Heartland Bowhunter here on the show. And Sean, I've watched, you know, for the last decade and a half on outdoor television and I'm sure most of our listeners know exactly who I'm talking about, and I'm sure they can agree with me when watching their show. It's just, it's a good show to watch. It's very educational. And uh, so, Sean, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's an honor, and um, I looked into your podcast. I'm not a huge podcast listener, but um, I've looked into it, and it looks like you got a great following, good fan base. Um if they're hunters, they're automatically a good fan base. So absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man, definitely. And, uh, so Sean, um, let's, you know, introduce yourself, uh, tell our listeners who you are and, uh, you know, maybe how you got into hunting. Sure. Yeah. So, um, like you said, I'm with Heartland Bowhunter. Heartland Bowhunter was founded in 2007. And when we first started out, uh, Mike and I, who was also on the show. We were just buddies that grew up hunting together, went to middle school together, high school together. And then out of high school, we ended up going to college together. And, um, you know, at the end of high school, going into college, we just started filming our hunts for fun, really no purpose involved just because it was fun to look back at and, and, you know, just see it all play out on video. And uh, just going into college, we just kept that up and while we were in college, we, we'd noticed that like our footage was just really just trash, just junky, just wobbly. Um, the quality wasn't there. And with that, we're like, well, we don't have a very good tree arm. We had, I think like a gorilla at the time. It was like a $50 gorilla. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, you just couldn't get anything stable out of it. And I don't, there really wasn't anything on the market at all that at the time that you could get professional, quality or stability out of. So my dad owned a machine shop at the time. And so we went to him and one of his guys that was working there and like, could you, you know, could we, could we manufacture an arm? And, um, with that, we ended up coming out with, um, the HP sniper pro. And that was our tree arm that we started to market uh, throughout the industry and, and sell. And we quickly figured out, you know, in order to market that we needed to have yeah, quality footage to show. So we really upped our game with that. Um, 
just showing like the quality of content that we could provide from that arm out in the woods and whatnot. And um, not long after that, we also figured out that there really wasn't much of a market for that just because there was only, man, we were really only marketing to, to TV shows at the yeah. time. Like YouTube really hadn't taken off at all yet. And um, so there was just shows that were on TV. And so we were, our, our market was very limited. So we're like, well, what, what are we going to do? What's next? And and so we're like, well, why don't we create a TV show? And our first year, it was just, I mean, it's all bow hunting, obviously. But with that, there wasn't anything else that set us apart from the rest. And reluctantly at the time, I think the stars aligned. Um, I mean, looking back now, it's like God had just, that was my plan, our plan. Um, and he just laid it out for us that... Um, I had a buddy that I'd grown up with and I'd watched his, his skateboarding videos online on Facebook actually. And he's making these really cool cinematic skateboarding videos and very intriguing, captivating. Like I wasn't a skateboarder at all. wasn't interested in it whatsoever, but his videos are what drew me in. Yeah. And, um, he was just doing it for fun. Wasn't it do, doing it for a living or anything like that. Um, just strictly for fun. He had a passion for film and for skateboarding. So I, um, uh, I hit him up, sent him a message. I'm like, man, do you have any interest in like putting together a hunting like video of any sort? And he's like, well, yeah, I love video stuff. So why not? You know, I don't know anything about hunting. And so his name is Trevor Hawkins, by the way, so <laughs> I sent, I sent Trevor um, some of our stuff and he put, he put it together and with his twist, like it really opened our eyes to the, the cinematic value that um, Trevor had and, and brought to the table and uh, just an eye for, for all that and a love for for telling the story and that was what really created our niche or, or that was the niche that we saw we're like well there's nothing in the outdoor space that that has that at all right now back then it was a lot of just like rock and roll music and kill shots and that was that was pretty much it there was no backstory or you know end story to to anything it was just you know a guy in a tree shoots an animal and that was kind of it yeah some rock and roll music in between and so Thankfully, we just, we hit it perfect right there. And that was when we really just launched off like our second and third season with the, the cinematic stuff. And it, it took off because like Mike and I, we don't have personalities that really set us apart from anyone else. We're just the average person, average guy out there doing what we love. And um, thankfully, like I said, that, that cinematic value is really what pushed us forward. And um, I hate to use this term because I don't, I'm, I want to stay as humble as I possibly can because it's not, I don't see this as like me. It was us and the timing, God's plan that um, we kind of, our, our video stuff kind of revolutionized and turned the outdoor TV market to try to tell the story more, I feel like, yeah. based on what I've been told from outside sources. Oh, so absolutely. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and say that like that's my my doing or anything like that. But um, that was, that was kind of what led us to, to where we're at today and um since then like you know our second third season we've just continued to progress and and make our our films the best that we possibly can um traveling across the midwest and western states to hunt whitetail elk and uh, a few other big game species and and tell the story along the way through our cinematography and and all that and like like you'd said Stephen, we're on our our 16th season and uh man never would have thought 
that we'd be here today. Um, if you had asked me, you know, that, that first, second year when we were in this, um, I was just happy to be doing something that I loved and had no idea that, um, cinematography and storytelling, um, was also going to be a passion of mine outside of just boat hunting. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, a wild ride and I hope we can continue this for as long as possible. Yeah. Well, you know, and you touched on it, like, up to that point there it literally was rock and roll music and kill shots and um you know i don't want you to not like give yourself credit though for your personality because i know you said you're just you know like the average hunter but that's also one of the reasons why people like your show is you are you know i don't want to say you're an average person but you're like the rest of us when it comes to hunting we can relate to that and so you know, couple that with the cinematography and just how well that the show was put together. It made it very enjoyable and it was refreshing because don't get me wrong. I like rock and roll music and kill shots, but when it comes to that storytelling and that educational piece, I think it's more, it's almost like a documentary, but in a 30 minute, you know, or a 22 minute, 30 second you know, but in a 30 minute uh, space there. And so I think that that's what's really cool about your show. And since then, so many others have followed along in that. Uh, you know, you guys were trendsetters in that. And, you know, to look back 16 seasons, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. And, you know, I'm in my, uh, I guess I'm 37 now in my late 30s. And, you know, looking back, you know, we were, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I was 21, 22 when you guys came out. And I'm like, this is, this is really cool to see someone like basically my whole adulthood watching hunting on the outdoor channel. You guys have been there. So you guys have taught me a lot. And I know that there's probably millions of people that have seen your content and your shows over the years that you guys have educated as well. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I, I'm, a, I'm the exact same age as you. I uh, just turned 37 a couple months ago. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, we're, we're right there. And, yeah, it, it's pretty wild to the way that you state that, that, um, you know, when we first began, we were filming as much as we thought we could, but now we film quite a bit more, know what we need to get. But telling that story within a 22-minute period is sometimes very easy and then sometimes it's it can be very hard because it could be a story that's you know been over the course of multiple years for a certain deer or something like that and um thankfully that youtube has taken off now so we have another avenue to tell the story in its entirety uh, yeah through through another platform but yeah yeah isn't it crazy too how like youtube how far that's come for content creators and even tv shows because you know you've you've got your window and you've got your airtime that's only specific to you when it comes to national television. And I'm, those are still great avenues, but YouTube, you know, sh being able to stream something whenever you want and to pause it and walk away, come back and all that. I think that's awesome because like you said, you got to, in, in a sense, cram a lot of content in, it's the abbreviated the summary, you know, versus YouTube. You can actually tell it all out how it happened. And I like both, you know, I like being able to, you know, watch that 30 minute episode and then go on, do something or, you know, 
late at night, can't sleep. There you are. You find yourself on YouTube and, you know, you're hours into it. So, <laughs> it's, Yeah, that platform is unbelievable. I, you know, there were, I, I, I kind of, I shunned it for so long too, um, personally. Yeah. Just because I was like, ah, oh, if I, the only thing YouTube's good for is if I really just want to learn something quick or, you know, I'm looking for something that specific that I really need to learn in a, you know, in a pinch or whatever. And I don't feel like reading directions, or whatever it might be, <laughs> but I was totally wrong. It has a whole different entertainment value. Um, I mean, anything and everything that you, you want to not only learn or just be entertained by is on there. You can find something and um, <laughs> it's a place really for, for everyone. I yeah. think it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, well, you know, I was telling you about my outboard not functioning yeah. properly. So I was on YouTube. I'm like, why won't my Mercury 60 horsepower four stroke run? <laughs> and it was mm. telling me all the reasons that it won't. So it's really cool. What's really funny, though, is, you know, in 2011, we were on the Pursuit Channel. Me and April had our own show. And I tell you what, we learned a lot about the industry and we learned a lot about who we were as far as hunters and like, it was great. We had an awesome experience, but I always told people, you know, in comparison, I, I, I don't want this to sound like I'm really hard on myself, but I always compared our show to other people's shows. And I'd say, oh, ours is YouTube quality. Had I known that that meant like we were doing really well, <laughs> which at the time it was, you know, it was, it was a non-comparison in reality. I mean, we created a lot of content and we had a lot of fun, but we didn't have, we really didn't know what we were doing as far as field producers. And then even less as far as post-production, we were just out having fun and, you know, living the dream. And, uh, but yeah, no, like looking back at like some of the content creators that stuck with YouTube since like 2013, you know, a decade and, you know, they got over 2 million subscribers, 3 million subscribers and they're killing it. And it's like for the longest time, I didn't necessarily shun it. I just looked at it as those are the people that didn't make it almost. And I know that's probably derogatory, but now if, if you look at them, oh, they, they definitely made it. <laughs> so. I agree a hundred percent. That's, that's the same mindset I had too. Cause I remember like if someone, like you said, in 2011, or that, that time period right around there, someone was like, oh yeah, got, we're on YouTube. I'd have been like, all right, that's good. Yeah. You know, and on, you know, looking back now, it's like, you're in the right spot. It's yeah. a great place to be. I was just, uh, you know, on, I hate saying it, but like probably like had an ego about it. Like, wow, that's, that's, you know, that's a step below TV when it's not, Yeah, it's not at all. And so. I think it's that generation, you know, we're, we're in the, you know, our late thirties, but now mm -hmm. people, I don't want to call them kids, but people in their twenties, you know, that they, they grew up on YouTube and they grew up on streaming. And so now, and it's just, I think it's going to continue to evolve and progress that I don't think TV is ever going to go away, but I think there are going to be more and more platforms like YouTube. I don't think anything will ever replace it, but you know, you look at the way that Instagram, Facebook and TikTok, you know, with the shorts and the reels and everything. And it's like, they're trying to mimic I guess what YouTube did, but it's never really going to take off. Well, I don't want to say it's not going to take off because those are all amazing platforms as well when it comes to social media, but it's definitely like YouTube 
we've bought videos or like movies on Google and YouTube and that like all I got to do is go to my library and I can go watch a movie and it's it's very versatile so mm-hmm. it is it's it's a it's a wild time right now it seems like just with the whole entertainment space as far as where what platform is what and where everyone goes to consume their content um because there's really no there's no answer that's the same for anybody yeah um, because you can find different stuff all over the place whatever it may be and it's the same for well, like you said and, and in the movie industry i was actually talking so i'm still good friends with trevor hawkins the guy that i was talking about earlier that uh, really helped us just launch our our show into a whole different um level of, of, of cinematography and whatnot and he's big into um feature films now and has created one and he's working on the second one and he said the movie industry is kind of the same as um as the outdoor industry there's it's not just mainstream hollywood anymore like yeah. there's a ton of different independent filmmakers out there that can actually have the, the resources and and places to put their stuff where it can actually be seen now whereas back you know 15 20 years ago if you were a small independent filmmaker it's like good luck you know yeah. getting people to see that there's nowhere really for you know you to get that in front of millions of people's eyes but now there now there is so yeah it's 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 wild how fast it's changed and how much it's changed and i have no idea where it's gonna go <laughs> right uh, anybody really does no no i think uh if you knew that you'd be set up pretty nice for what's to come but uh, yeah. yeah so kind of changing gears back to the hunting side of things i mean you've been on a lot of amazing hunts over you know the course of your lifetime does any one specific hunt stick out to you that like hey that's my most memorable or you know does anyone specifically stick out to you for any reason yeah there's a uh, there's two that stick out um and both of them have for the most part been shared uh on one platform or another so the first one that comes to mind is a buck that my dad had shot a couple uh a couple years ago called twin 10 and that was that aired on season um season 15 of our show and uh yeah so it was just a deer that we'd been after all season long and just to brief it he ends up getting him um just after rifle season had closed and uh the hunt itself like the way it it all played out was just remarkable and to kind of piggyback off that there was another deer that was in the field right there at like 45 yards that we called caesar and um i ended up killing him uh this past fall and that has that story's on youtube that's i think that's gosh i can't remember if it's about 45 50 minutes long but um it's one of our our most viewed on there and so twin 10 was on the show twin 10 has not been on uh on youtube yet caesar is on youtube caesar's about to be on tv coming up here and i think like three weeks maybe okay and so yeah twin 10 will eventually be on youtube this fall so both stories have been told somewhere but um the youtube version of caesar is definitely in its full length long form and that was one of my most special ones but i can't say you know like which one was the most special out of the two? They're probably right there ranking about the same just because my dad and I were both chasing the same bucks there for the most part. Um, he killed twin 10. Um, he wanted to kill Caesar and I ended up killing him, but yeah. Yeah. 
they're both very special to me. Just being able to hunt with my dad, um, spend a lot of time with him in the fall, especially month of November is, um, it's been, it's been really special and fun and, you know, I wouldn't trade it. Um, what people don't usually see is we do get in our little arguments sometimes because we're father, son, but, right. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm the younger one. So I, I definitely know it all. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's pretty intriguing. Like overall, just being able to share that with, with the guy that pretty much taught you everything, you know, is, is what makes hunting so special to me. Yeah. Heck yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And you, you guys primarily, I mean, ultimately just bow hunt. I mean, I know you do a little bit of everything, but your show is really centered around bow hunting. And, um, I think that's really cool too, because growing up, I didn't really bow hunt a whole lot until I kind of got into my teenage years, my later teenage years. And then, um, as I became an adult, I learned that there were a lot of bad habits that I'd picked up that no one had ever taught me not to do. And then, um, but being able to like watch your show and, you know, was on social media earlier watching you guys tie in a knock point and stuff like that. Like the educational side of that, I think is phenomenal because you don't always have to go to YouTube to find stuff like that. You guys put out content that's, you know, that is helpful. And, you know, if I was someone new that was new to the industry or new to hunting in general, you know, they can find that type of content on your guys' social media. And, you know, for me to go years of doing a lot of the wrong things and sometimes getting lucky, you know, shooting in the backyard's one thing, shooting a live animal's another. And so, it's really cool to have, you know, basically you and Mike are like mentors, especially to younger people. And even to myself, like I said, you know, watching your guys' content, learning and picking up different nuggets, as I call them, and then applying it. Because that's the other thing. You can learn something, but if you never apply it, it wasn't really useful in my opinion. But once you start applying the things that you learn that you guys are teaching, I think it's really cool. And then the storytelling and then obviously everybody wants to see big bucks get killed and everything. And you guys do plenty of that. So it's, it's, it ties in really well with your guys' show. And, um, yeah, so I definitely, I, I like watching your guys' show. And then, you know, there's a lot of other content creators that create good content as well. And so, you know, it's a really good industry. I think that, you know, as far as the hunting industry goes, because, most of the TV shows out there, I, I understand that, you know, it's people are in business and they're making money, but at the same time, their goal is the same or very similar to y'all's and your passion is to create good content, chase your dreams, go hunt, kill big bucks. And, you know, I think that's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate that. It's, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride. And when we first got into this, and I didn't hardly know anything at all. I'm not saying I know, know it all today. I never will. Um, but I've learned, we've learned so much over the past 15, 16 years, just, um, from the video side, but on the bow hunting side too, when we first started, like, man, I would say Mike was quite a bit better, more, far more advanced as far as like, um, you know, the things that he practiced, um, to kill a big deer compared to me and, you know, I've learned so much through experience over the, the last decade and a half on 
on bow hunting. And then um, I've really pushed myself to, to learn so much more on the, the videography side and editing side too, because just like any industry, uh, you know, the competition has only gotten better. Yep. But, but with that, a lot of the people within this industry, I mean, we're all for the most part fans of each other and, and the content everybody puts out. Uh, it, it's cool to see. Cause um, you know, like our niche was, with cinematography and all that but man anymore there's there's a lot of great 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 content creators out there now um and there's some super talented people and um i enjoy watching other people's stuff as well because it's cool to just see that that side of it i mean i I like seeing big deer get killed but you know yeah the the production side of it is very 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 intriguing to me and i love seeing what other people are doing on that end you know for sure now You've hunted a lot in the U.S. Have you done any, you know, foreign countries yet? Uh, the only foreign one that I would that I've hunted is Canada. Um, I went on a moose hunt in 2019, and uh, it was like a 10 day moose hunt in BC. And golly, we I'm gonna say we drove like four or five hours from uh, from the Yukon into BC, and. Uh, that was a base camp there. Then we took a plane, probably like a float plane, probably 45 minutes to an hour away from there. Horsebacked in a couple miles to like another base camp. And then from there, went to horses another, I don't know, five, seven miles in and at least maybe 10. I can't remember. And it was like a 10 day backpack hunt. It was, it was wild. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I never ended up getting an opportunity, but man, the experience itself was just unbelievable. Uh, just so far away from civilization, at least what it seems like. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't even recall where we were at, like as far as seeing any sort of airlines fly over or anything like signs of, you know, human life. Like it just seemed like we were so remote. Um, and I've been on hunts like that before uh, that I'd filmed in, in Canada, but never one for myself. And that's, that was the most recent, but um, yeah. Yeah. It was a blast, just uh, just no opportunities. Yeah. We saw a lot of moose too. No, that would be cool just being out there. Like, I, I can't speak for you, but I would think that there's like some sort of peace in that. Just like the busy life of, every, you know, the busyness of everyday life is not there. It's just you, the mountain, and, you know, you're chasing some moose. It's awesome. Yeah, no cell service at all or anything like that. And so you're just just out there hanging out and like you can, you can light a little campfire. You can sit there and spot, you know, sit there and look for moose rained every single day. Um, play tic-tac-toe in the dirt a lot of times, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy because you, your days go by much, much slower, but um, I think it gives you a whole new appreciation for life when it, when things slow down like that. Cause I mean, we all know the busy lifestyles we live, you know, days seem to just fly by, but when you go into a place like that, everything slows down and just every little thing aspect of what's going on, it seems like is much slower and I don't know, makes you much more appreciative for the life that we have Yeah. Um, back in civilization. Yeah. Now, 
something that I ask everybody that comes on the show, and since you've traveled a lot and you've hunted a lot, this might be a little tougher for you to answer, but if you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you hunt? Um, probably to the Yukon to hunt moose. <laughs> okay. Hey, I like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm, I wasn't necessarily picky about shooting, you know, the biggest bull or anything like that. I wanted, I wanted moose meat really, really, really bad and, uh, didn't end up coming home with it. And I've had it before and it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And just the whole experience itself for on a backpack hunt like that, just completely roughing it, living out of whatever you're carrying on your back is, um, yeah. It, it really just, it tests your mental skills tremendously, not just physically, mostly mentally, yeah. um, especially when weather and stuff like that comes in and, um, you know, you don't you know, take a shower for 10 days and that's, that's like my dream hunt. I would do that again and just add the moose to the end of it. And yeah. That, that would, that would be it right there. Oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What about you? I got, I don't want to, I want to hear your answer. Uh, So I'm New Zealand red stag and, uh, um, I want to, I would like to say that I want to do it with my bow. Um, however I am a, if I'm going to go, I want to come home with one type of hunter. So I'm torn. Um, but I would take a rifle as like, all right, this is, you know, kind of down to the wire and let's, let's make it something happen. But, uh, New Zealand red stag would be top of my list. Yeah. No shame in the gun, man. I know I have zero shame in people gun hunting. Um, I don't blame you for that. Uh, while we were there in British Columbia, even, I mean, yeah, we, we didn't have a rifle. I think, yeah, our guide had a shotgun just for bears, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, I, legally, I think I could have killed one, I guess, with a rifle. I, I don't re- remember, but I, it wouldn't matter anyways. I never had a shooter within distance of a rifle. We saw one like two miles out and started to hike that way. And he just went into the woods and or the forest and we we're like, well, we're not going to hike that far. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I did. Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah. And so I would even... So I got into, you know, this primitive style hunting, uh, Tim Wells, he's a good friend of mine and, uh, been, Oh, is he? Yeah. So he's, uh, he's been to the Bay with us a few times shooting stingrays. And then, um, I got into the spear hunting pretty heavy the last two years and blow gun hunting. And I even got, um, Ava. So she's nine now, but at the time in February, she was eight and I've been working with her with the spear and she got her first spear kill at eight years old. And, uh, she speared a, it was a Persian, uh, Spanish Ibex mix. And, uh, it was in Texas and we had this, you know, box blind set up and me and her were up there and we had a bunch of feed out in front of us. And I was like, you know, you see an animal, if it comes in and you want to, you want to take it, I'm, I'm all for it. And she made a perfect throw. And I mean, it was more of a downward drop, but she still had to put a little throw behind it and, you know, make it go where she wanted it to go. And she hit him right between the shoulder blades and he ran 30 yards. And it was the outside of, you know, tapping one in the dome it was the fastest i've ever seen an animal die and i was like this is okay like you know you see spear hunting and i've spear hunted animals before but nothing had ever expired that quickly and you know it ran 30 yards and 
she got about 12 to 13 inches of penetration into him and it was right into his chest cavity. And so he had like, you know, five foot of spear sticking up out of him. And mm-hmm. as he's running, that thing's just sawing away at him because it's, uh, you know, it's straight up in the air. And and I, I, I would say that that's what made it made him go so quick. But she was hooked after that. And, you know, we, we mess around with the blowgun and everything. And she likes shooting that. And I'm going to try to get her when we're over on the bay here um, in a few days. I'm going to try to get her to shoot a fish with the blowgun and uh, see what happens. But, yeah, I uh, between the the blowgun the spear i got into recurve hunting as well i killed a hog a year and a half ago with my recurve and so i would even attempt a red stag with the recurve i think just because of the i don't know it's just something about it you know it's my compound you know i'm comfortable and accurate out to 80 yards no problem i don't know that i would necessarily i don't know i probably if if the conditions were right i'd take an animal at that but um with that recurve, you know, I'm 20 yards and under and that's just mm-hmm. something about getting that close to an animal. And, you know, it's, I think at times, uh, especially when I had the TV show, I got so caught up in killing an animal and getting it on camera and getting, you know, getting that content that I forgot. And, or I don't want to say I forgot, but I overlooked all the great things about hunting. And when I got into spear hunting two years ago, I'm sitting in a tree stand. And at times, like, I'm waiting for this animal to get, you know, five yards from me. I could have done killed him multiple times over and the hunt would have been over. But I've seen so many things. I have seen animals interact with each other in ways that I'd never seen before. And I'm like, this is cool. This is some of the stuff that, you know, I got so called up trying to accomplish one goal. And now that I'm not focused on that goal specifically, I'm getting to see all these other things and it's really cool. So getting back to the basics, I think I, I would go with the uh, red stag with the recurve. That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah I, I agree hundred percent on, on that. Um, man, I, I used to get pretty well caught up in, in the kill and like, Oh, you got to make sure I kill one and be successful. And yeah, that's the goal. But man, anymore, I'm like, I have so much more appreciation. I feel like for, uh, just watching the animals and, and everything that goes on, um, beforehand, or even if I don't shoot one, uh, it just, it's just remarkable to see the different encounters that you have. And, and every single one is different and, yeah just the way that they interact and whatnot um you think you've seen it all for so long you know with all the experiences that we've we've had and and then you're i'm always proven wrong something else happens and yeah i i've never done the spear uh or the blowgun but i've watched plenty of tim's stuff and that stuff is intense yeah he's crazy so wild. yeah he's crazy i'll agree with that yeah yeah (laughs) i mean in a good way yeah oh absolutely a lot absolutely yeah i think his his stuff's just completely different never seen anything like it well and he came on the podcast it's been almost a year ago now and uh Mm -hmm. we were talking and he was you know kind of critiquing me and and all the ways that i needed to be critiqued as far as like throwing the spear because a lot of times i was 
you know, more or less throwing it and trying to make a, you know, large movement throw from a tree stand. And, uh, you know, especially like I was, I was hunting in a oryx, scimitar horned oryx down in Texas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the one herd came in and had over probably 25 head of oryx in the herd. So I'm trying to make this large movement. The closest one was about 11 yards. And he's like, not saying that you can't do that, but try to focus more underneath of you and don't make such a large throw. You know, just like he was really mm-hmm. honing me in there. But yeah, when he's like I said, he's been to the bay a couple times with us. And I'm telling you what, I've had so much fun with him because who he is on camera is who he is off camera. And there's nothing fake Find about it. And it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's it's so refreshing to see because. He is, I don't want to say he's like us, but he is like us because, you know, everybody has their own unique personalities, but that is who he is on camera is who he is off camera. And he is just a hoot and he's so much fun to be around. Yeah. And, like he, he's so witty. Like the things he comes up with and says. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, just when you think you get one over on him, he's, he snaps right back and he's got you and you're like, tag on it. Just when I thought I had him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he is definitely that way um man he's he's done some wild things the first thing that comes to mind is for whatever reason when he thankfully he didn't but when he almost died yeah um that spear yeah like i don't remember the exact specifics other than that he was laying he recorded the whole thing because he was you know trying not to bleed out but yeah did he just did he drop the spear on it on his leg so what had happened is he had his spears unsheathed up in the tree but he had to climb down i don't know if he dropped something or what but when he climbed down he picked up whatever he needed to pick up off the ground and when he was climbing back up so they were unsheathed pointing down something happened where i don't know if he moved a branch or whatever but the spear fell and glanced his leg or like not glanced, but like speared himself in the leg. And so his only, you know, he had to basically retreat down the tree. And, um, yeah, like when I talked to him about it, he was telling me like, Hey, like I turned the camera on because I thought that might be it. Like I wanted to tell everybody that I loved them and that like, you know, I didn't die from a lion, you know, that type of thing. And it was like, man, I couldn't imagine being in that situation. And then I guess he missed a couple check-ins or whatever determined, like they had him and his guide had some predetermined like check-in time that he had to check in and he missed whatever, you know, if it was two windows, they would come check on him type of deal. And so they found him at the bottom of the tree there with his thumb stuck in his leg, keeping himself from bleeding out. And I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. So, and I'm so glad that like, obviously he overcame that and he's good to go. But when he gets too witty with me, I'll send him the Ace Ventura where he's like speared himself (laughs) or where he gets speared in the leg. I'm like, keep it up, Tim. (laughs) Oh man. That's funny. That's, that's a crazy story. I just remember seeing that video. Yeah. Wow. How much does spears weigh, by the way? Uh, Honestly, I need to weigh them as far as a grain. I I, I should know this, but I don't. But they're not like super heavy as far as an overall weight. But they're so like FOC. Like, I mean, they are heavy. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's 
It's enough that, and they're razor sharp. I mean, like razor sharp to where if you were to, you know, accidentally bump into it, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna cut you and it's gonna hurt. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I speared a Watusi, which is an African longhorn, basically. And, uh, we had a couple out on the ranch in Arizona and, um, I don't know, we're estimating this one to be like 18, 1600 to 1800 pounds. And I went right through his shoulder and yeah, he was like six wow. yards away when I, I mean, and I, I put some oomph behind it cause I knew it was going to take a lot to really, you know, break down that shoulder. I really wasn't, well, I should take that back. I wasn't aiming for the shoulder, but in case it hit the shoulder, I wanted to make sure I had some oomph behind it. And it mm-hmm. broke the shoulder, and, I mean, he carried it about 180 yards or so, and that's where we found him. And it was like, holy crap, like, to take yeah. down that kind of animal. It, it was very, like, obviously, it's very primitive and everything. And Ava was in the up there in the blind with me when I did it. And, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, proud dad moment. Like, you see what dad just did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You know, it was it was it was a good time. We had so much fun, and now that's kind of her thing. Now she wants to, she really wants to shoot, like kill a deer with a bow. She's killed a lot of animals with her three fifty legend, one with a spear now, and uh, but I've got her that um, diamond infinite edge, mm-hmm. or is it, I'm sorry, the the atomic. I got her the atomic. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, she's been shooting that a lot, and you know we. We just got to where we put the sight on her bow because I was really trying to focus on her fundamentals on anchoring and how she releases and got her. Uh, I did get her a new wrist to release. And uh, so she's she's been doing really well. I put a put her sight on for her and now we're kind of fine tuning where her sight needs to be. And she's she's a lot like April. April's very competitive and she's a really good archer. Um, I'm a good archer. April's a great archer and Ava gets that from her. And so her thing is she wants to kill a deer with her bow this year, Mm -hmm. but I don't think, I don't want to discourage her to not, but I don't think she's quite there poundage wise because the last thing I want to do is stick an animal and it not be lethal. And so that's what we're working on, trying to build up a little bit of strength for us so we can increase the poundage of her bow and then we'll we'll see where we're at come September. I mean, she's shooting pretty decent right now, but if she can't, you know, shoot you know really good at 20 yards, pulling a decent amount of weight, we're going to we're going to punt till next year and it might be a little disappointing for her, but I think she'll understand when she gets older that it's less about her and more about the animal. That's right. Yeah. She uh she definitely will someday because I remember my dad started me too early and I was just flinging arrows left and right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't getting anything. Yeah. That's for sure. But yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. That'll be that'll be fun. Um I'm not there yet with my I my oldest boy, he's he's only four and so I haven't had a chance to even get him out yet. But I think this year I'll at least get him out, you know, to go along with me. Yeah. Um, because he talks about it all the time now, but last year being three, like, it's like, man, he's just a little chatterbox. I don't think it'll, it'll be possible to get him out there, but, um, yeah, and be effective because he wasn't, he just wouldn't stop talking, but now he knows to be quiet and, yeah. and all that. And that, like the animals will hear him and everything. So I think 
this will be the year, but I, I'm excited to experience yeah. what you've gotten to experience thus far with taking your kid along. Be- yeah, I had, so, um, was a rhino makes that five man pop-up ground blind. And so I, I bought that last year and put it out at my uncle's property and I took Ava. So she was eight. Zoe was five. Actually, Zoe was still four. She hadn't quite turned five. And Declan was three. He had just turned three. And April was uh, on a girl's trip in Florida. So I was Mr. Mom for the uh, for the whole week. So we went hunting. And uh, it was during November rifle season. And uh, we all four of us were in the, that ground blind. And I was a little concerned because normally Ava and Zoe do pretty good. But Zoe and Declan... They're so close in age. They they're constantly picking with each other and carrying on. But we had a we had tablets, so I was able to kind of keep them at bay within within reason. And uh, they both, uh, yeah, both Zoe and Ava killed a deer that evening. And you know we were at our legal limit of deer and deer kept coming out in the field. And Ava's like, "Can we keep shooting them?" I'm like, "No, we can't keep shooting." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, my, you know, my concern or my hope was that we would just see deer with having all three of them in the blind. And then here we are, we limited out and deer kept coming out in the field. And I was like, you know what, this is definitely God's hand in this one because I didn't, you know, I don't want to sound discouraging, but I didn't think we were going to see a deer one. And, yeah. you know, and here we are. Well, now they're going to, yeah. Then after that, they expect that to happen every time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's Ava. She uh, she killed a 10-pointer her first day ever deer hunting at mm-hmm. six years old. And I'm like, hey, don't get used to this because dad has hunted for many years. <laughs> and he, I'd never killed a 10-pointer. You know, I've killed plenty of eights. I've killed plenty of nines, but I've never killed a 10-pointer. And, you know, he was, I didn't score him. All I know is he scored, you know, smile ear to ear, but I'm going to say he's in the 120s. And like... For a little girl, her first day deer hunting, I'm like, please don't get used to this because you're setting me up for failure if you do. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how that usually happens too. I feel like, you know, one of the first, second hunts right in there, so many hunters that have, you know, just incredible luck or blessing, whatever you want to call it right there when, when they yep. kill a just a big animal come, you know, and they set that standard so high right away, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that keeps them hooked. But, um, yeah, it, it, that's usually how it goes. It seems like, yep. she, I think she's learned cause she's killed a lot of does and one spike since then. And she's been blessed to be able to go hunt access to your black bucks and some all dads and do some like exotic hunting down in Texas and everything. But, um, she's learned that hunting here in Virginia is not, anything special or spectacular it's you know it's, it's a grind but she's she's having a lot of fun shooting does and um you know i told her it's uh she's putting meat on the table and a lot of people are thankful for that and she just gets to enjoy the outdoors and so it's it's good all around that's awesome man yeah sounds like you're raising them right oh we're trying it's uh you know it's something that me and april talk about it's like at times it's one of the most awesome things, you know, raising a kid. And then other times it's one of the most stressful and hardest things to, that we encounter as, as adults and as parents, it's like, are you doing it right? 
what could we have done differently? And, you know, you look back and you're like, all right, they've got a roof over their head. They've got food on the table. You know, they live a good life. I think we're doing all right. Maybe we're just being a little too hard on ourselves at times, but it's, uh, I'm sure you know it's a. It, we go through that roller coaster every single day. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> With the four-year-old, the our youngest, he's only ten months, so he's he's pretty he's pretty good. He's a good little boy, but yeah, our four-year-old, like we were have Ashley and I, and my wife and I were having our our a talk last night about that. Like, it's so it can be so such a challenge to um, keep it together when your kids just acting up, being a four-year-old, yeah, and. Uh, you know, having you have to really, really, it really practice just test your patience. Yes, you got to practice patience, and um, they're like little sponges, man. They just pick up everything that goes on. Um, not only what you say, but your actions as well. And uh, there's just so many things that we need to be conscious of. I feel like as parents, yeah, to make sure we're raising them the right way. But like you said, also. Um, roof over their head, food on the table, and just making sure they know the difference between right and wrong. Yep. I feel like uh, that's a really, really good foundation right there. Absolutely. Between right and wrong. So, yeah, yeah. it's a challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah. At least, but very, very, very rewarding as well. Just, it's amazing. You know, I never thought I could love a, a human so much, just seeing the, the look on his face all the time whenever he's, you know, happy, having a good time and, comes up to you with so much appreciation and gratitude for you know just the things that you let them do and and uh yeah just the small things yeah you know? i'll tell it's, you it's wild we had probably one of the i don't know i don't want to say the greatest parenting moment but one of the best moments as far as knowing that we're doing something right with them we were down in texas and uh we were at a a friend of ours, Chance, um, his son was playing baseball, and we went down on a turkey hunt. And uh, but uh, Ethan was playing uh, baseball that evening, and we're like, "Hey, let's let's skip out on the hunt and let's go watch Ethan play." And the girls were all about it, and so we were we were in the bleachers watching. And then there was a bunch of kids running around playing, and the girls wanted to go play, and we're like, "Yeah, go go enjoy," you know. And uh, April went down to use the restroom and check on them, make sure everything was good. And she come around the corner and Ava, Zoe, and uh, I don't know, three or four other little girls were in a circle holding hands and Ava was praying for them. Oh man. And I'm like, that's so cool. no way. And April's like, yeah, she didn't see me. I just stood there and listened to her. And like, I'm like, that's awesome. So two evenings later, he had another game. And so we went to that one and the parents of one of those girls came up to us and was like, are you Ava's parents? And we're like, yeah. Thinking like, oh no, what'd she do? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she's like, I just want you to know that, um, and I can't remember the girl's name and I, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that I can't remember her name, but said, you know, I'm so-and-so's mother. And she came home and said that Ava prayed for her. And I just want to say thank you. And I'm like, you're welcome. You know, and like, I looked at April. I'm like, okay, I guess we're not doing so bad after all. <laughs> no, that's that's incredibly impressive. That's that's so cool. I mean, we think about that. Or my wife and I think about that all the time. Talk about it, you know, like um, just you know raising our our boys up um, just to love Jesus and yeah. have a relationship with him, and um, seeing that or hearing that that you know your daughter's already you know praying for people and 
just trying to help others um in that that way that's that's phenomenal yeah and just connect them with with god like that's that's incredible I, yeah I, just being able like i i'm wondering and you know how that how that's going to go with our boys but to to hear that is is very comforting like yeah just knowing that at, at still at that young age yeah. at such a young age that that that's possible yeah we uh you know, we, we homeschool, um, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with that as well. And, um, we just, you know, we fall short every day and we don't claim to be, you know, anything that we're not, but, you know, we are trying and doing our absolute best to keep them in the word. You know, we do a lot of different things that are involved in our, you know, daily teaching of school with them. And, but more importantly than, that is to have that relationship with God and to have that relationship with Jesus. And, you know, Ava, she's very confident. I will give her that. She has probably more confidence in herself than I have in myself. And she has taught me a lot about, you know, not accepting no, <laughs> because that girl will not accept no for nothing. And uh, that's back to that patience part that you were talking about. And, uh, cause boy, does she, she make you practice it. And, uh, but she is like, she's so confident. And when she, you know, she will have a conversation with an adult as if, you know, she's, you know, she's an adult and it's, it's, it's amazing to see her. And now Zoe's completely opposite. Zoe will be a part of anything that Ava does, but Zoe doesn't quite have that confidence yet. I mean, that's a four year age difference. And I mean, she's a kid and so I don't expect her to, but yeah, Ava, I don't know where she gets it because she's just, she's, I don't want to say she's full of herself, but she is just, she's so confident in who she is. And I'm, I tell her all the time, like you are going to do amazing things when you get older. Like because there are going to be people that try to stop you from doing things and you're just not going to let them. And I think that's really awesome that she is who she is. And I think she gets a lot of that from April though, because April's the same way. She's just, yeah, she's uh she's got yeah. a good teacher. <laughs> yeah, man. Wives are amazing. It's, it's incredible how, how, how much influence, not that us guys don't have great influence on our children, but how much influence our wives do and how much they carry um, on that end of the table, uh, compared to some of us dads, I can't speak for all of us. I'm more or less speaking for myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, you know, like we are, we are the ones that are, uh, most often the ones that, that are, you know, supposed to be financially responsible to bring in some, you know, the income, but man, having a woman's job, a mother's job, that's, whew, that's a tough job. It is a tough. tough job. And uh, that week that April went to Florida and we did a lot of hunting, I'm like, I don't know how mommy does this, but she's pretty awesome. <laughs> so. uh, man, I just took my son the other day up to our farm to, for, for a couple of days and it was a fun time, great time. But I was like, man, I'm trying to work too and yeah. get stuff done and stuff oh they're they're amazing and at all the stuff that they can get done and you know make sure stuff gets done and still take care of the kids take care of the house and it's like whew, yeah yeah so 
Well, Sean, man, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been, you know, I thought we were going to talk a lot about hunting and we did, but we also talked about life, man. And it's been, it's refreshing to, to talk with someone that's like-minded and to see that someone, I don't want to say has the same struggles, but has the same questions about their children and raising them and things like that. It makes me feel a little more human and as far as that goes. So it's, uh, it's really awesome. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like there's so much false perception out there too with with people's lives, you know, especially with social media. Like it, it everybody most people for the most part look including myself, it looks, you know, you go to somebody's page or whatever and everything looks just great, grand, wonderful, just yeah. awesome. Couldn't be better. And we're all struggling through it. We're always we yeah. all have our own our own struggles. But man, if you got if you've got God and a relationship with Jesus in your life, man, and it's never going to be perfect, but he, yep. he's there for you. Cast all his stuff on him and cast all your stuff on him and um, life will life will uh, make a lot more sense. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Yeah, but I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for having me on here and I enjoy, enjoy talking to you and be happy to come back on anytime and talk more about life or hunting whatever hey i love it we'll definitely get you back on and uh we'll we'll uh we'll continue from here man i appreciate you yep all right all sounds right. good well to all of our listeners i just want to say thank you for week after week tuning in and your continued support and as always keep hunting and keep doing what god calls you to do thank you for listening to hunting day with Stephen robbins don't forget to like comment subscribe if you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.